Section 51 of The Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. The Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government, Volume 2, by Jefferson Davis. Part 4, Chapter 57b. Mississippi, immediately after the cessation of hostilities, was occupied by a military force of the United States. Meantime, the governor called an extra session of the legislature and made provision for a constitutional convention. But these measures were set aside by the proclamation of President Johnson on June 13th, appointing William L. Sharkey provisional governor. The system of measures embraced in the plan of the president for the restoration of the Confederate States to the Union was immediately commenced and completed in the election of Benjamin G. Humphreys for governor, with the other state officers, members of the legislature, and representatives in Congress. The 14th Amendment of the Constitution was unanimously rejected by the legislature in January 1867. Under the Act of Congress of March 2, 1867, Major General Ord assumed command of the 4th Military Division, consisting of Mississippi and Arkansas. Governor Humphreys sought immediately to bring the question of the constitutionality of this act before the United States Supreme Court. Arguments were heard upon it by the court. The motion was to enjoin and restrain President Johnson and Major General Ord from executing the act and supplements. It was denied, and Chief Justice Chase, on delivering the opinion, said, If the President refuses obedience, it is needless to observe that the court is without power to enforce its process. If, on the other hand, the President complies with the order of the court and refuses to execute the act of Congress, is it not clear that a collision may occur between the executive and the legislative departments of the government? May not the House of Representatives impeach the President for such refusal? Major General Ord, immediately after assuming command, proceeded to organize boards for the registration of voters and prescribe their qualifications and disqualifications. The latter were so numerous as to embrace, in all these states, every white who had voluntarily done the most simple act to aid or favor any person engaged in the Confederate service, or had incited, by words, others to render such aid, while the entire class of blacks were not disqualified by such acts, as it was assumed that they were done by compulsion. Thus the aim and end of registration, after this manner, in a state, were to throw the entire political power into the hands of the Negroes. Orders were now issued directing the military to cooperate with the civil officers to break up the crime of horse-stealing, to secure to labor its share of the crops, and to protect debtor and creditor from sacrifices by forced sales, to suspend for a time certain sales under execution, to prohibit interference with the legal tenant, to ascertain if distillers had paid their taxes, to investigate complaints made by citizens of persecution by civil authorities, to notify state and municipal officers of the laws of Congress for the organization of their governments on the basis of suffrage without regard to color, to subordinates of the Freedmen's Bureau to investigate all charges against landholders, to require supervisors, inspectors, and boards of registration to obtain the names of suitable persons, white or black, to act as clerks and judges of elections, to close strictly all bar rooms and saloons for the day when political meetings were held, to remove the city marshal, three justices of the peace, and four members of the city council of Vicksburg, to appoint other persons to fill the vacancies who were required to take the test oath of Congress, to forbid the assembling of bodies of citizens under any pretense, to transfer the papers to a military commission whenever a person who had been in the federal service was indicted and apprehended an unfair trial, 
to notify overseers of the poor that any neglect to provide for colored paupers would be regarded as neglect of duty etc the roistered names amounted to forty six thousand six hundred thirty six whites and sixty thousand one hundred sixty seven blacks the military appointment for delegates to the convention was such as to give thirty-two counties having small colored majorities seventy of the representatives and to twenty-nine counties having small white majorities thirty representatives on november fifth the election was held and the so-called convention assembled on january eighth eighteen sixty eight the ordinance of secession was declared null and void the existence of slavery prohibited payment of the war debt forbidden universal suffrage established excepting only criminals an election to ratify the constitution and for the election of state officers a legislature and representatives in congress was ordered to be held on june twenty second and a large number of radical amendments adopted at the election the constitution was rejected by a majority of seven thousand six hundred twenty nine the opposition candidate was also elected governor on october first eighteen sixty seven the chief justice of the state a h handy sent his resignation to the governor he said it is apparent that the character and dignity of the court cannot be maintained and that its powers must be held and exercised in subordination to the behests of a military commander on december twenty eighth eighteen sixty seven major general ord was succeeded by major general mcdowell on june fifteenth the latter issued an order removing governor humphreys and appointing major general a ames to the vacancy governor humphreys declined to vacate the office saying that the attempt to remove him was a usurpation of the civil government of mississippi unwarranted by and in violation of the constitution of the united states a squadron of soldiers was sent by the military commander of the post which marched in and took possession of the office the house of the governor was then demanded for the new incumbent of the office as governor humphreys refused to vacate it a file of soldiers came and ejected him after the rejection of the so-called new constitution its friends applied to congress as the sovereign to throw out the vote of several counties and declare the constitution to be adopted this action was recommended on the ground as they said that the election had not been fairly conducted and that violence and intimidation had in many parts of the state prevented a full and just vote the constitution was defeated not as thus alleged by fraud and intimidation but distinctly for the reason that it was more vindictive in its spirit than the people white or black would tolerate and more prescriptive in its provisions than the acts of congress required in march eighteen sixty nine the provisional governor of the state major general a ames was made the military commander of the fourth military district at the same time a joint resolution was passed by congress which ordered that all persons holding office in mississippi who could not take the test oath prescribed in eighteen sixty two should be removed from office by the aid of this weapon it was expected that general ames would make the state organization so-called republican meanwhile congress passed an act which authorized the president to submit the constitution of the state to another election by the people with a separate vote on its objectionable section preparations for this election were commenced by the issue of an order of the military commander prescribing stringent regulations relative to the requisites of voters for registration the election was held on november thirtieth and december first eighteen sixty nine and the constitution was ratified the vote against disfranchising citizens for serving under the confederacy during the war was almost unanimous the so-called legislature assembled on january eleventh eighteen seventy the fourteenth and fifteenth amendments of the united states constitution were adopted and on february twelfth an act of congress was passed by which the state was permitted to be represented in that body 
at the beginning of eighteen sixty five louisiana was under the state government constructed by general banks as has been stated in previous pages it occupied new orleans and extended its control to the extremity of the military lines within this limit it was treated practically as a restored portion of the union the united states military draft was enforced much disorder in civil affairs prevailed and some serious disturbances occurred up to the time when congress undertook its plan of restoration there was in fact a military rule during all that period on march nineteenth eighteen sixty seven major general sheridan was assigned to the command of the fifth military district embracing louisiana and texas in accordance with the act of congress of march second by this act the existing state government was declared to be only provisional and subject to be abolished modified controlled or superseded major general sheridan began his proceedings with the removal of certain obnoxious officials who were in his opinion dangerous to the peace of the community the registration of voters was ordered to commence on may first to an application to general grant the commander-in-chief for more definite instructions by major general sheridan the former replied on june twenty eighth enforce your own construction of the military bill until ordered to do otherwise the legislature having appropriated four million dollars for the repairs of levies and appointed a board to discharge the duties governor wells became dissatisfied with their action and appointed another board disputes arising between the two boards major general sheridan removed both and appointed a third and enforced its authority in april major general sheridan writing to general grant said i fear i shall be obliged to remove governor wells of this state who is impeding me as much as he can general grant replied i would advise that no removals of governors of states be made at present it is a question now under consideration whether the power exists under the law to remove except by special act of congress or by trial under the sixth section of the act promulgated in orders thirty three act of march second on june third major general sheridan issued an order removing the so-called governor saying that having made himself an impediment to the faithful execution of the act of congress of march second by directly and indirectly impeding the general in command in the faithful execution of the law etc benjamin f flanders was appointed to fill the vacancy the registration ceased july thirty first with the names of forty four thousand seven hundred thirty two whites and eighty two thousand nine hundred seven blacks extensive removals from office were now made among others twenty-two members of the city council of new orleans also the city treasurer and city surveyor a justice of peace sheriff etc on august seventeenth major general sheridan was relieved and major general hancock succeeded impediments to reconstruction under the laws of congress continued to be removed and other persons assigned to their places the election for delegates to the so-called convention was held on september twenty seventh and twenty eighth and that body assembled on november twenty third the measures required by the act of congress were adopted and an election for its ratification and for state officers and a legislature was held on april seventeenth and eighteenth the constitution was ratified and the state officers and members of the legislature were elected meantime major general hancock was relieved and succeeded by major general buchanan after the election the registrars of the state proposed to install the newly elected officers under the provisions of an ordinance of the convention but they were notified by major general buchanan that it could not be done without permission to avoid any question as to the persons who should hold the offices of so-called governor and lieutenant governor after the meeting of the legislature the district commander was directed by general grant to remove the former incumbents by military order and set up the individuals lately elected as their successors 
this was done on june twenty seventh and on the twenty ninth the so-called legislature assembled in pursuance of a notice from the commanding general the fourteenth amendment to the united states constitution was adopted and as by the act of congress of june twenty fifth louisiana had been restored to the representation in that body the commanding general on july thirteenth eighteen sixty eight transferred the administration of civil affairs to the state officers i will not pursue these odious details further suffice it to say that texas and arkansas having passed through the same military process as their sister confederate states were admitted to representation in congress the former in eighteen seventy and the latter in eighteen sixty eight it will be seen that the power usurped by congress was without limitation and extended to all the political civil and social relations many of the military commanders seem to have regarded their authority as equally comprehensive the attorney general of the united states in his official opinion on these acts of congress addressed to the president on june twelfth eighteen sixty seven says it appears that some of the military commanders have understood this grant of power as all comprehensive conferring on them the power to remove the executive and judicial officers of the state and to appoint other officers in their places to suspend the legislative power of the state to take under their control by officers appointed by themselves the collection and disbursement of the revenues of the state to prohibit the execution of the laws of the state by the agency of its appointed officers and agents to change the existing laws in matters affecting purely civil and private rights to suspend or enjoin the execution of the judgments and decrees of the established state courts to interfere in the ordinary administration of justice in the state courts by prescribing new qualifications for jurors and to change upon the ground of expediency the existing relations of the parties to contracts giving protection to one party by violating the rights of the other party many instances are then related by the attorney general to confirm his statements some of these are worthy of the attention of the reader although they may have been mentioned on a preceding page in one district the so-called governor of a state was deposed under a threat of military force and another person called a governor appointed by the military commander to fill the place thus presenting a strange spectacle of an official entrusted with chief power to execute the laws of a state whose authority was not recognized by the laws he was called on to execute in the same district a judge was by military order ejected from his office and a private citizen was appointed judge in his place by military authority and exercised criminal jurisdiction over all crimes misdemeanors and offenses committed within the territorial jurisdiction of the court this military appointee was certainly not authorized as a member of a military tribunal to try any one for any offense and he had just as little authority as a judge of a criminal court of the state to try and punish any offender this person was the sole judge in a criminal court whose jurisdiction extended to the life of the accused in capital cases he might well change places with a criminal for if the latter had unlawfully taken life so too did the judge in another district a military order commanded the nominal governor of the state to forbid the assembling of the legislature and thus suspended the proper legislative power of the state in the same district an order was issued to relieve the treasurer of the state from the duties bond books papers etc appertaining to his office and to put an assistant quartermaster of the united states volunteers in place of the removed treasurer the duties of this quartermaster treasurer were thus summed up he was to make to the headquarters of the district the same reports and returns required from the treasurer and a monthly statement of the receipts and expenditures he will pay all warrants for salaries which may be or become due and legitimate expenditures for the support of the penitentiary state asylum and the support of the provisional state government 
but no scrip or warrants for outstanding debts of other kind than those specified will be paid without special authority from these headquarters he will deposit funds in the same manner as though they were those of the united states these instances will suffice although many more might be related illegal unjust and vindictive as were these gross usurpations of the congress of the united states in their immediate results the consequences which followed were still more disastrous when the late confederate states were restored to representation in congress a large portion of their white citizens remained disfranchised and the political power of each was in the hands of the blacks and the remnant of the whites nor was the military force withdrawn but it was placed in convenient localities under the pretext of maintaining order but in reality to sustain the new rulers it must be manifest that the sovereignty of the people was now extinct and those ruled who had the bayonets on their side with the disfranchised were the intelligence the virtue and the political experience with the voters were the ignorance the lawless passions and soon a body of political adventurers from the northern states greedy for power and plunder these quickly won for themselves the distinctive epithet of carpet-baggers the governments under the control of such popular sovereigns demonstrated the vindictiveness rather than the wisdom of congress and soon brought forth their natural fruits of anarchy fraud and crime one or two examples must suffice in which to exhibit these results the debt of the ten confederate states in eighteen seventy four was as follows virginia funded and unfunded forty five million seven hundred eighteen thousand one hundred nineteen dollars and seventy three cents north carolina thirty eight million nine hundred twenty one thousand eight hundred forty eight dollars and five cents south carolina nine million eight hundred sixty six thousand six hundred twenty seven dollars and thirty five cents florida one million six hundred twenty thousand eight hundred nine dollars and twenty seven cents georgia eight million one hundred five thousand five hundred dollars funded eight million dollars fraudulent sixteen million one hundred five thousand five hundred dollars alabama ten million four hundred fifty two thousand five hundred ninety three dollars and thirty cents fifteen million fifty one thousand dollars railroad endorsement fifteen million five hundred three thousand five hundred ninety three dollars and thirty cents mississippi three million five hundred fifty eight thousand six hundred twenty nine dollars and twenty four cents louisiana twenty three million nine hundred thirty three thousand four hundred seven dollars and ninety cents texas four million twelve thousand four hundred twenty one dollars arkansas nine million five hundred sixty one thousand dollars totaling one hundred forty eight million eight hundred one thousand nine hundred fifty five dollars and eighty cents it is not claimed that all this amount of indebtedness has been accumulated since the close of the war some of the states had debts previous to the war but a large proportion of the amount had been contracted by the spendthrift governments instituted by congress and very little could be found to offset the expenditure again in arkansas on april sixteenth governor brooks seized and occupied the state house with a body of armed men and two cannon on the same day governor baxter proclaimed martial law and marched with a body of armed men from st john's college to the anthony house and established his headquarters there guards were placed along the principal streets and the state house was completely surrounded by a cordon of sentinels subsequently he marched to attack the state house but a body of troops belonging to the government of the united states appeared before it 
two so-called republican governors of the state with their troops were about to fight for the executive office in louisiana on january fourth eighteen seventy five a body of troops of the government of the united states on the order of governor w p kellogg marched into the hall of the house of representatives of the state legislature while that body was in session and forcibly seized and took out five members as not entitled to seats the general in command de trobriand then proceeded to eject the clerk and arrested the proceedings of the house when expostulated with by the speaker he replied i am but a soldier these are my orders the members then retired in mississippi on december seventh eighteen seventy four a serious conflict occurred in vicksburg between whites and blacks which resulted in great loss of life and caused a widely spread alarm it grew out of frauds committed by public officers again during the exciting contest in arkansas the congress of the united states appointed a committee to investigate the affairs in that state and whether said state had now a government republican in form the officers of which are duly elected and as now organized ought to be recognized by the government of the united states on december twenty fourth eighteen seventy four the congress of the united states appointed a committee to proceed to new orleans and investigate the state of affairs in louisiana this committee reported on january fourteenth eighteen seventy five that they could not agree upon any recommendation but upon the situation in louisiana as it appeared before us we are all agreed the same congress before its adjournment appointed a committee to proceed to mississippi and make an investigation of the state of affairs there thus committees were kept quite busy in traveling back and forth to these states and much of the time congress was occupied in discussing their affairs and in efforts to reconcile the quarreling factions of so-called republicans in them to the great detriment of the public interests where now were the unalienable rights of man and sovereignty of the people with their safeguards a constitution with limited powers the reserved rights of the states and the supremacy of law equally over both rulers and ruled all were gone it will be seen that through all these proceedings the government of the united states controlled as the sovereign and sovereignty of the people was extinct the measures adopted were those prescribed by the government of the united states and subordinate to these and subject to the conditions of these such others were permitted as the necessities of the people required affairs were not in such disorder when the constitution of the united states was adopted the uppermost then had come to be the undermost now and that which was nothing then had grown to be over all now will it always be thus was the inherent sovereignty of the people destroyed by shot and shell the intelligent reader must perceive that this invasion of the natural and unalienable rights of man the subjugation of the sovereignty of the people the monstrous usurpations of powers not granted in the constitution the trampling underfoot of the reserved rights of the states the disregard of the supremacy of law and the assumption of the sovereignty of the government of the united states as the cornerstone of our future political edifice is a revolution in our system of government deep-seated reaching to the foundations and sending the poisonous waters of despotism throughout all the branches fed from this fountain the confederate states resisted it from the beginning they drew their swords for the sovereignty of the people and they fought for the maintenance of their state governments in all their reserved rights and powers as the only true and natural guardians of the unalienable rights of their citizens among which the most sacred is that only the consent of the governed can give a vitality and existence to any civil or political institution this overthrow of the rights of the free men and the establishment of such new relations required a complete revolution in the principle of the government of the united states the subversion of the state governments 
the subjugation of the people and the destruction of the fraternal union the work has been done will it stand had the eternal principles of the declaration of independence been hid from our sight forever or will they again come forth redeemed disenthralled regenerated and rally the reunited people to shout in thunder tones for sovereignty of the people and the unalienable rights of man it has been shown in previous pages that the state governments were instituted to be the special guardians of those unalienable rights of man but henceforth they must be the sworn defenders of the government of the united states not of the constitution and laws enacted in pursuance thereof but of such interpolations and perversions of them as in cases of necessity that the government should find it convenient to make whenever it pleases it can set them aside and whenever it wills it can destroy them unalienable rights are unknown to this war-begotten theory of the constitution the day has come in which mankind behold this government founding its highest claims to greatness and glory upon deeds done in utter violation of those rights which belong to its own citizens in every state north and south the palladium of the freemen the bill of rights the limitations of power the written constitutions have all lost their sacred authority and not a man or state dare single-handedly gainsay the will of the agency which feeling power has forgotten right it has put its hand on the ballot box and the declaration is made that it is not safe to trust the people to vote except under the inspection of its authority after the example set by the roman emperors when the cause was lost what cause was it not that of the south only but the cause of constitutional government the supremacy of law of the natural rights of men end of section fifty one